New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare, MyHealthPolicy.com. Well, what do we got over here? A cup of Haiti? A cup of Haiti? Absolutely not. Bada boom. Realest bride and groom in a room. How you doing? Tony. Don Tony DeBlasi. Made the big move. Popped the big question. And now we got to ask the next question. What woman in this world is stupid enough to become Mrs. Don Tony DeBlessed? What are you kidding me? You out of your freaking bird, babe? Huh? There's plenty of fish in the sea, all right? And there's only two things that smell like fish. One of them's fish. The other one, Anthony Don Tony DeBless. I'm just joking. Don Tony is the man. Shout out to Don Tony. On the wrestling podcast, you calling it straight down the middle like you see it. No Earl Hefner, no funny business, all right? And I'm appreciative of the fact that someone like your girl Tanya has the patience to sit there and watch pro wrestling with the likes of a guy like Don Tony. You keep building castles in the sand and I'll keep sending waves to knock them down, boys. How you doing? I'm sure you heard the news by now. Yours truly is, in fact, engaged. Yeah, I got to give much love to Enzo for that fucking hilarious promo. But there was one problem with it. You know, when he was talking about fish and two things that smell like fish, one was fish... I got to be honest with you, just me being Don Tony, I would have popped a thousand times more if he would have said the other one is Tanya, not Don Tony de Blasi. Oh, man. And I got to give a special shout out to Mike DeSimone, good friend of the family, your best bargains. I plug him every week on Monday. Uh, Loyal patron as well. He's the one that actually passed the news on to Enzo and... Got me uh, that nice little intro. And you know what's cool? You know, Monday on the Don Tony Kevin Castle show, I was actually 
going on a rant about how blue check marks honestly don't give a shit about any of us out there. If you notice, if you notice the conversations on social media, about 95% of them, now there are exceptions, Jim Ross, Chris Jericho, there are wrestlers, Foley, I mean, there's a lot that interact with fans, but about 95% of the blue check marks out there, they only have conversations with other blue check marks. And once in a while, when they get a hater with 30 followers that they could rip on and use that as offense and have all of the non-check blue check marks all gang up on the individual, that's when they decide they want to talk or when things are not going their way. You got the blue check marks that only talk to the blue check marks, but when their job is not going as well as they should, if their health, their relationship status, notice how all of a sudden they want your thoughts, your prayers, your feedback, your love, your likes, your hits. But when good things happen to the Donzilla army, Zippo, nada, virtually nothing. But I will say this, going through the 1,800 messages, comments that I got, there were quite a few blue check marks that actually sent me well wishes. I got all the promos that were sent to me from various people and much love to them. I don't want to you know, blow my load all in one week. You know, once in a while, I'll throw one out there. I think everybody get a kick out of it. Much love to Dells and a few others who basically, you know, pass along the word for those that didn't know. But uh, yeah, Tony Cross is one of them as well. Yep, Killer Cross too. But um, anyway, enough about me. I just want to say one last thing before we move on. I want to thank each and every one of you for the kind words. Um... If you follow me on Twitter at DonTonyD, I posted some of the video of my setup Friday when I popped the question. She did say yes. I haven't put the actual proposal on social media yet because I honestly haven't had the time. I'm still in that mode. I've been in cloud nine, you know, since Thursday, and it's just been insanely crazy. But I will tell you, you know, I know going back to 1997, doing this with the hotlines. I know I have rubbed a shitload of people the wrong way. And I know once, you know, the the proverbial red light goes on and these shows start and I say some things that are really out of bounds sometimes, but trust me, you know, outside of this, I'm just a regular guy like everybody else out there. And it was so fucking humbling to have that many of you out there send the well wishes. It, it was just amazing. And, you know, as long as my health and, you know, my everyday life allows me to do what I do for all of you, I ain't going nowhere. And I'm going to make sure I go 10 times harder than I've been before. So, um, but you know what? What I also have to do in the future is put out there more when I am wrong, when I am, um, you know, way off on my predictions. And I guess let's start off with this. Last week, the NXT and AEW ratings were delayed because of the Thanksgiving holiday. Yeah, President Trump, I guess from this point forward, I, this is Don Tony 2.0, and it's actually a little tribute 
to one of my longtime listeners, um, who's also, he called himself Don Tony 2.0. But, um, you know, actually, speaking of tributes, I got to throw another one out there. Because I know a lot of you out there knew this guy, without a doubt. If you're on Discord, you always saw him as Big Rob from Texas. For anybody who was on our Patreon, our Facebook page, you knew him as Big Oozle, you know, uh, Rob Oozle from Texas. You know, he always would have like the black fingernails, the paint and everything. And um, really, really nice guy. I know sometimes some people thought he was a little bit weird. He was just genuinely a nice guy. And it really pisses me off right now that I keep using past tense. But for those that don't know, um, Big Rob, Rob Uzel, died last week at the age of 38. And um, I, I knew this, but I never talked about it on air because I always think personal friendships, especially in wrestling, should be kept private unless, you know, said wrestler wants to mention it publicly. But he was very close friends with Byron Saxton. Byron Saxton put up such a really sweet tribute to Rob Uzel. And it's sad because you realize now, and for those that are asking who, how did he pass away, it was a heart attack. He was very heavy, very overweight. And um, look, I, I when I posted my progress of my diet and going keto and losing 55 pounds this year, I said it, it's pinned on my Twitter feed. If I could help anybody out there, if we could have this battle with being he- uh, overweight, if we could battle it together and lose a couple of pounds, we're never going to look perfect. We're never going to be perfect. But if we feel better, if our health is better, you know, let's do it together. And there's been a lot of people who ha- have battled it and are doing a wonderful job at it. But unfortunately for Rob, and he tried keto and he tried and we talked diet online and it was very public. Um, he was not able to uh, to battle it and he died of a heart attack. So rest in peace, Rob Uzel. Um, too bad a lot of podcasts out there didn't pay tribute to this guy because he was a loyal supporter of a lot of podcasts out there for a very long time. He goes back with me to 2003. So... Um, Big Rob, rest in peace. Rest in peace. <sighs> Sucks, man. 38 years old. And you know what? I got to say this to open up tonight. You know, we had Cassius Ono take on Matt Riddle and NXT. And I really, I feel bad for Cassius Ono because of his weight issues. And if you Go and check out social media tonight, especially during his match live. The one thing you kept seeing over and over again, not that it was a great match, but he's fucking fat. He's fat. He's out of shape. He's got to wear a T-shirt. This is Ric Flair 2001 last Nitro embarrassing. He's fat. He's fat. He's this. He's that. You know, I wish people... And you know what's funny? A lot of these people that were doing that have cartoon photos as their profile or they have baby pictures up or they have one photo of themselves from 20 years ago 
And it's like, motherfucker, the guy is out there working his ass off. He's battling an issue. He's got a health issue with his thyroid, which a lot of people aren't aware of. And, you know, I, I feel bad for the guy because it is a lot of pressure on him to try to maintain a certain weight. Um, not just for, you know, the aesthetic looking, you know, of Chris Hero, Cassius no, but he's got health issues. You know, it's not serious where he can't wrestle, that he can't be medically cleared. But anybody that's ever felt dealt with thyroid issues, you know, it is a battle, man. And it gets very frustrating that you can, you know, just diet and cut in your calories, but your metabolism is all fucked up and you just don't burn the way other people burn. I, my friend Billy, I mean, God bless him. I've been friends with him since I was a kid. And I remember clear as day going to movie theaters with my friends watching movies like 20, 30 years ago. And this guy would fucking bring in heroes, ribs. We go to a diner after he get cheese fries with gravy, cheeseburger, ice cream. And this motherfucker, no matter how much he ate, he was a twig. He just never gained any weight. Me? Other people, you just breathe in the scent of a, of a nice burger and you gain weight. So, you know, much love to Cassius Ono because people out there that think that this man is just being lazy and hanging out in the hotel and eating burgers and fries late at night and not working out in the gym, you have no idea, no idea what's going on. And I'm not a big Cassius Ono fan. I mean, any longtime listener, how often do you hear me talk about the guy? Almost never. You know, I mean, it. but still... I really felt bad with what I was seeing tonight. And one more shout out before we move on. Big shout out to Tom Nelson. I know a lot of you listening um, frequently talk with Tom. He is on Discord, Mixler, Patreon, non-Patreon. And he actually stopped by uh, Mohegan Sun this weekend in Connecticut to see me to congratulate me and my fiance and we hung out for a little while and we talked about wrestling and other podcasters and it was just really really cool so shout out to you tom and we'll definitely do it again now maybe i was kind of trying to catch people you know sleeping maybe i didn't have to talk about it but the ratings last week my god we're all wrestling fans. Why are people who don't like AEW want to see its demise? How come those who don't like NXT want to see their demise? Why is it pleasurable when, you know, ratings are terrible for any company? Now, look, when someone rubs it in your face, and, and I'm going to be honest because I know a lot of you out there go through this. There's a lot of you out there that are not AEW fans. I totally respect that. And what happens? You have your other friends on social media when AEW was beating NXT in the ratings and they would shove it down your throat. They would rub it in your face like dog shit. They would tease you, taunt you, and brag and brag and brag and brag and brag. And do you remember early on, I think it was week two, I said to everybody on this show, I said, look, you know, if I was, you know, those out there really bragging about AEW, I would keep your fucking mouth shut. And this is coming from a guy that 
likes AEW and NXT. Because one day, the tides may turn a little bit. And when that happens, it's how are you going to feel? How you doing? How you feeling right now? So last week, I bragged last week that I predicted the week before's rating within 10,000 viewers. Some people get creeped out at my predictions. Well, for those that may have forgot my spur-of-the-moment predictions last week, I'm going to share it with everybody because I got it here. And for those that may not remember, NXT last week scored 810,000 viewers. AEW scored 663,000. Now, I want you to remember... NXT 810, AEW 663. So, how did Don Tony do last week with the prediction? I think AEW's got to get the ratings win again because you didn't have as much disarray that I would like for NXT. You had some matches tonight that are not ratings draw, in my opinion. If people get to hold me to the fire and give a ratings prediction... You know, at least last week I got to think about it for a couple of hours, but all right, I'll, I'll throw a, a hunch right now. Last week, NXT had 916,000 viewers. AEW had eight, 893. I think AEW retakes the ratings this week. And um, AEW, see, just because I'm doing a spur of the moment ratings prediction, I don't like having this spur of the moment, but last week, AEW had 893,000 viewers. I will say that drops down to about 860. Let's go with 860. NXT last week had 916,000 viewers, but they had a lot of interaction leading into Survivor Series. And I think by the middle of the show when people realized that we weren't going to have a tremendous Raw and SmackDown influence, that that obviously is going to cause some people to really not stay in tune with NXT. So I say NXT goes from 916 down to about 820. So I predict AEW beats NXT, what did I say, 860 to 820? Or 863 to 820? Somewhere around there. That's, That's my... Uh, quick prediction. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It's it's all in good fun, everybody. It's all in good fun. So I said AEW 863. Their actual number was 663. Can we get that fucking wand that they had of Men in Black? Is there any way that I can maybe like edit the eight and put the six and put the eight in its place? So yeah, I was off. I said 863, it was 663. Some people were still bugging out. They're like, how did you pick 63? And it ends up being 63. But last week I said NXT would score 820,000 and it was 810. So I was half on the money. Now, listen, I saw all of the excuses being made last week about AEW. I saw blue check marks and I saw established journalists assuming that AEW fans in droves were out drinking because it's the Thanksgiving holiday. What the fuck are they talking about? If, if all the AEW fans were out drinking for the Thanksgiving holiday, you're the fucking loser who decided to stay home and not fucking drink. 
What kind of excuse is that? I have never seen another television show, another sports event, no franchise, no nothing, where they tried to justify bad ratings that, oh, maybe these people went out. Well, maybe these people went drinking. Or maybe these people went to visit friends. What? NXT stood consistent from weeks past. What are you saying? NXT fans don't go out, but AEW fans do? If AEW fans go out fucking drinking because it's Thanksgiving the next day, I'm sorry, man. Thanksgiving was fucking cold. Was it great? You know, I mean, it was good for me, but I don't. I never in a million years growing up, I don't remember my friends going, hey, man, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Oh, I'm going to spend the time with my family. We're going to have turkey. We're going to watch the parade, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what? Let's go out drinking the night before. Let's get toasted and come home at five in the mornings, and then we'll have to get up an hour and a half later because mommy wants to go to church. What is this shit? Making excuses. The bottom line is a third of AEW fans decided to do something else last week than watch AEW. End of story. I'm not gloating over it. I thought that they would rebound in the win in the ratings department. I still, this week, two weeks later, will say once again, I think AEW rebounds and wins this week in the ratings. Not because I'm rooting for AEW over NXT. I'm sorry, man. NXT has great fucking wrestling. NXT is doing a better job in the character development. When I criticize AEW, see, this is the thing that I honestly think separates all of us. You listening, me talking. I don't talk at you, I talk to you. But one thing that we do that a lot of other people don't do, especially podcasters, you know, it's very easy to talk in sound bites and tweet and get likes and throw shots and you know, rip this and rip that and rip this. Notice how they never try to come up with a solution. Notice how they never oh do you know what their solution is? Fire this person. Fire him. Fire. Fire. Yeah. Fired. Fire him, fire him, fire him, get rid of him, fire him, fire him, fire him. They never give any, any, <laughs> tonight I thought AEW took some steps in the right direction. I gave a little teaser on Monday. I want people to understand it's very hard for me to talk about AEW at all on Mondays because my co-host does not watch AEW. So I can't discuss solutions for AEW if someone I'm talking to does not watch it. And that's not a knock, but that's the reason why this show exists. I made a commitment to cover Ring of Honor, New Japan, Impact, you know, AEW, NXT, everything but Raw and SmackDown on this show, NWA. So AEW has had a big problem, and I sort of mentioned this Monday. Up until tonight, who is Chris Jericho feuding for the title? Other than the Cody match, who's he feuding with? Who's he feuding with? Seriously. I know Moxley seems to be the next in line. And that's a problem. Because other than Moxley, who in AEW right now you think would be a bigger, more drawing feud with Jericho? Other than Cody, 
who blew his load, you know, very, very early on, and you take away Mox, Moxley, who is a big-time draw. So they have to draw out this Moxley feud. The only thing I did not like about what happened tonight between Moxley and Jericho is that they never bothered to spend any time to have Moxley say something to insult Jericho, to give Jericho a reason to be pissed off. You know, Moxley is more like, I just want to fight hardcore, and anybody that steps up to the table, I'll beat the fuck out of them. And, and you know, I'm doing an Adam Shift right now. I'm just ad-libbing, I'm making shit up. But you get my point. I mean, you you really haven't seen Moxley completely focused on Jericho. You haven't seen Moxley come out and try to interrupt Jericho's. What you had tonight with Marco Stunt and Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus was great. Jungle Boy, I don't really have a problem with him, even though I think my dick has a bigger circumference than his waist, and I am kind of jealous of his waistline, to be honest with you. But um, that segment felt like what we saw SCU two weeks ago. That's what it felt like. It felt like, okay, let's uh, take SCU out of there and instead of um, Scorpio Sky uh, interacting with Jericho, now we'll have Jungle Boy do it. And, you know, Jungle Boy is still new. You know, I, look, I know some people, God bless you, seriously. And I, I like Jungle Boy, he's talented. But God bless the people out there who want to get tweet fucked, you know, because of who his father was and because he's very friendly. And Oh, he's a future major star. He's a future man. Yeah, he's the next Rey Mysterio. I mean, you know, here's the, here's the fishing rod. I'm reeling you in a little bit. He's got a bright future. No question. I kind of want to see like him and Brian Pillman Jr. become a very famous tag team of this generation for a long time coming. All right, but my God, you know, one step at a time. Now, Jericho having a match with him two weeks, anybody notice December 18th? Anybody notice how important that week seems to be for both WWE and AEW? Because that match between Jungle Boy and Jericho is not next week. It's two weeks. Did you see all the matches that were announced on NXT? Not for next week. Yes, we got Leo Rush and Angel Garza next week. And by the way, I think they're building that feud pretty nicely. But two weeks. The hype is two weeks from now. So two weeks from now is going to be the true ratings war between NXT and AEW. But once again, I said it on Monday. Who is Jericho really feuding with right now? Seriously. Who's feuding with SCU for the tag titles? Who's feuding with Riho for the women's title? My God, you had Sheeta, who is the number one contender. How many weeks have I been saying these fucking win-loss and these rankings are god-awful mistake? I know it's a conversation piece, but my God... Sheeta, who's the number one contender, oh my God, she's next in line. Pac was the number one contender for a couple of weeks. Is he fighting Jericho for the belt? No. Does it feel like he's in line for any major push? No. So what do you do? This is pro wrestling. This is scripted. This is entertainment. You can't have these ranking systems and try to make it realistic. 
because when you do try to make it realistic, oh my God, Pac has a little bit too many wins. We're not planning on Pac versus Jericho. All right, we'll make him lose. Oh, you know, we wanted Sheeta to take on Rio. She's the number one contender. Oh, wait, but maybe we should do this instead. So we'll make her lose. The Young Bucks, you got best friends who the fucking losing record. Ranked number three, then they're ranked number one. The fucking Lucha Brothers have a, uh, don't even have a winning record, I don't think, as a tag team. But singles wrestlers, they're fucking, I think, undefeated. The ranking system is terrible. I know, I know, I know. AEW, from the get-go, said that they were going to be innovative, different, you know, just totally, you know, completely, you know, fresh from the WWE. And all I see, I saw the Festival of Friendship redone, I saw MJF and Jericho doing that promo together, which was Jericho and um, uh, Kevin Owens ripping Roman Reigns. Tonight, if people didn't catch on, you know, it was a little bit of punishment for Britt Baker for showing up at NXT War Games, sitting in the crowd, which she's got her hands together and she's all concerned for her boyfriend, Adam Cole. They had to do the very same pose tonight on AEW. Some people are calling Brandy Rhodes and Awesome Kong the Straight Edge Society, which I think is absolutely dumb because they're not looking to do what CM Punk's agenda. The only thing they had in common was they cut people's hair. Uh, what are you going to call it next? The female Brutus Beefcake? I mean, some people are just dopey, man. They see, uh, he cut, he's cut her hair. He, she cut his her hair. That's the Straight Edge Society. Please, go pretend it's the night before Thanksgiving. Go out and drink. The fuck out of here. It has nothing to do with the straight-edge society. You know, Brandy Rhodes, I said like two weeks in, she thinks she's a character from the WB network with those fucking teenage shows that they have with fucking vampires and sexy things and monsters and sexy. That's what she's doing. I mean, she thinks that she's trying out for the WB. And some people can't figure out, like, you know where this is going. By the way, a lot of you out there were asking tonight, who was the woman that they cut the hair of? And, you know, I know some of you out there thought for a minute it was Tessa Blanchard. But from my research tonight and really going hard trying to get you the answer, I believe the woman tonight her name is Melanie Cruz. She is a female wrestler, obviously, in the Illinois area, and they were in Illinois tonight. So I think it was Melanie Cruz. There's been no official confirmation, but doing my research, because I'm always, look, just because the shows are on, no other podcast out there will review NXT and AEW at the same time. And if they do, they do it one, two, four, five days later. I do it five minutes later after the shows are off the air. But I also do research during the shows. So I think it was Melanie Cruz. We'll find out next week if that is the case. But if I'm a betting man, I think it's Melanie Cruz. Now, speaking of last week, right before we went off the air, we were talking about a segment that aired after NXT was over the, off the air. And that was the referee, Jessica Carr that we had a nice little tribute 
paid to her. We I actually streamed it live as it was going down. And at that time, we did not know what her next move is in her life, just to say it bluntly. Well, after my show was done, we found out very quickly that the reason why she is no longer refereeing in NXT is because she is being moved to Friday Night SmackDown. For people that think that it's being done because Aubrey Edwards has such an established role on AEW, it has nothing to do with that. She is a decent referee. I have no problem with her on Raw, SmackDown, Indies, AEW, ECW, WC. She's a decent referee. And sometimes good referees are the ones that you don't pay attention to at all during the match. She does her job. She's going to be on SmackDown. Good for her. And I wish her nothing but the best, without a doubt. Um, And you know what? Even though the guys on the main roster, we should mention it too. Congratulations to Matt Hardy and Rebby. Uh, Rebby gave birth to their third child. We don't know the name yet, and I didn't get a chance to look tonight as far as the kid's name. All I know is it's a boy, and I, I believe, you know, it's a boy. I, I believe that's what Matt Hardy said. So, oh, Barty. They're saying it's Barty. All right, cool. All right. I, I'm, I'm cool with that. Bartholomew. I like it. You know, every time I think of Bartholomew, does anybody know why I think of Bartholomew? Barf! Spaceballs. Remember? He, Barf was short for Bartholomew, I think it was. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about AEW and NXT. And then we'll get into some news. A um, couple of interviews that I definitely think you all would want to check out, you may not be aware of. We got um, some things going on with NWA and a few other things. You know, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. But AEW tonight, all right? I just want to let everybody know right off the bat. Anybody that was watching on TNT tonight that when the show started, you were playing around with your remote. You might have checked your audio cable in the back. The fuck is going on? The audio's going in and out, in and out. That was a TNT problem. The feed from TNT at AEW tonight, they were having some issues in the beginning. Uh, those who were watching on alternate methods uh, other than TNT, your audio was fine tonight. TNT's audio was a little bit choppy in the beginning. Look, it shit's going to happen. You know, please stop with the overdramatics. Um, I did get a kick out of Dustin Rhodes dressed up tonight as an honorary member of the Young Bucks. You know, for those out there that, you know, felt, oh, he looks ridiculous, he looks stupid, he looks goofy. I I wonder if you felt the same way when Kevin Owens was an honorary member of the New Day or when you had someone who was an honorary member of another tag team. I thought he looked fine. Dustin Rhodes busted his ass during that match. My God, the guy hit a Canadian destroyer. He hit a Canadian destroyer on Santana, and, um, you know, he still got it. I mean, obviously, he can't go like he used to. It feels like they're building up to a Jake Hager-Dustin Rhodes match maybe on their next pay-per-view. That's what it kind of feels like towards me. I hope that he can have a vendetta, you know, like brawl match because that's what seems... To, to be needed with Jake Hager versus Dustin Rhodes. But the match was great tonight. It was an awesome opener. 
Um, and I, I, look, I'm not a f- fan of Sammy Guevara, but I like how he gets on the people's skin big time. He does have some talent. The 630 centon that he hit was fucking great. You know, you try to climb a top rope and start video blogging yourself trying to do a move. And then he, he goes and hits a shooting star press, but unfortunately gets double super kicked in the process. I mean, that match to open tonight was a lot of fun. It really was. Um, you had Dustin and the Young Bucks get the victory. Um, they defeat the inner circle. Match won about 10 minutes. I enjoyed it tremendously. But, 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 I'm a little confused why you would just think of all the high flying that the Young Bucks do. Think of all the crazy shit that went down during that match. How do you follow that with Ray Phoenix versus Trent? You need, that was one of my biggest problems tonight was the match placement. You know, put the Cody promo next. Put Leva Bates and Nyla Rose next. The fans have to come down in order to get back up. They should treat parts of AEW Dynamite like an all-night, you know, uh, all-night passionate sex with your significant other. We just, you for everybody out there, I'm a guy, so I'll, I'll talk as a guy, all right? You just had Dustin Rhodes and the Young Bucks in the inner circle kick ass. You blew your load. What do you do after you blow your load? You smoke a cigarette. You might get something to eat. You want to go relax, maybe watch a little TV, check your social media, maybe cuddle, maybe cuddle for a little while. But, you know, if your girlfriend or if your boyfriend, you know, turns over to you right after you blow your load, oh, let's keep going. Huh, honey, you got to wait a little while, you know, you know, Stanley's got to fucking relax for a little while, you know, he's got to, he's got to rest a little bit, you know, he, he doesn't have reserves that he could just keep blowing out loads, you got to wait a little while, so you just had the young bucks and Dustin Rhodes blow their load with the inner circle, and what do we get? We get Trent and Ray Phoenix trying to fucking have a high-flying match right after they blew their load. I'm sorry. The penis is still limp. Trent and Ray Phoenix had a decent match. In fact, the match went, I think, as long as the opener. But how do you have that shit follow? My God. You know... Anybody that goes on these porn sites, you know, when you see like a video where a guy blows his load twice right after each other, you're like, wow, that's fucking talented. I could never do that. You know, that's what they're trying to do tonight. It, it, you got, it's it, your significant others trying to make you blow your load two times in a row right after that. I can't do that. It fucking hurts. This is what they did tonight. Come on, people in the back. It ain't brain surgery. You know, some things, you know, you have to think about that. Wow, that was an unbelievable match. All right, let everybody catch their breath. Maybe they got to take a leak. Maybe they want to buy a knish. Maybe they want their energy level to go down a little bit. You can't have it where somebody's having this fucking incredible high and you try to keep that high for 20, 30 minutes. It's just not wise. It's not. But that's what we got. We got Trent versus Ray Phoenix next. Ray Phoenix gets the win. They go a commercial break. And for some reason, because 
Ray Phoenix doesn't shake Trent's hand. There's a pull apart and there's brawls and a pull apart. Shake my hand, goddammit. Whatever. I like the match. I just wish it did not follow the opener. So now we get Cody. It hurts. It hurts, Steve. It hurts. I can't. I need a break. You know? Anyway, Cody comes out, cuts his promo. A la Ric Flair, 1998. Bischoff, you could have this. You could have that. The only thing that Cody didn't do tonight is strip down to his underwear. So what? I enjoyed it. It made sense. Cody wants to fight MJF. MJF wants nothing to do with Cody. Cody offers his watch. Cody offers his shoes. Cody brings out a fucking briefcase. And to show that all the $50,000 is real, he whips out $100 bill and gives it to a kid, which I thought was cool, you know, for the kid. But, you know, I mean, seriously, it's wrestling. It's entertainment. It's storyline. I'm not oohing and on more at the storyline because every bill in that briefcase is real or the top layer or the first two bills in every stack is real and the rest is paper. Oh, let me prove to everybody it's real. Here's one bill out of 5,000. Or out of 500. Here's one bill. But the segment was good. Cody, say what you want. You could still look at him as Stardust. You could still look at him as fucking, you know, when he was with uh, Manu. Uh, He's good. He's great on the mic. Um, He gets, you know, the pomp and circumstance, the fireworks. But look at the crowd, man. The crowd is chanting his name. The crowd loves the fucking guy. The crowd knows whether you like him or you don't. He is doing everything possible to make AEW work as best as it could. You know, the addressing the butcher, the blade, the the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, the fucking bald dome, the alley. The, they had to do that. But as you heard, like I said last week, And we knew this five minutes after the show ended. We knew right after they fucking came out. The only reason why the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker fucking interfered with Cody is so it justifies why Cody did not come out to attack MJF during his match for the ring, the ring, the ring. But, you know, AEW got ripped apart all week for the butcher and the blade and Allie. But it is what it is. But Cody cuts his promo. Now, what I thought was a very dumb move tonight, and again, three things that I have been bitching about AEW since week one. They are showing TV as if they've been around for five years. Uh, There are wrestlers that are out there that they have done zero character development with. I mean, I'm sorry. You think I give a fuck about the librarian the fucking, the crossing guard, the fucking this person. You see, Nyla Rose, is she a heel or is she a baby face? When she's fucking breaking the finger of the fucking librarian, whatever, whoever the fuck that guy is, I'm popping for it. Break his neck. Botch. Fucking fall the wrong way. So this guy's in a fucking proverbial wheelchair. I don't mean physically. I'm saying like, let's, let him go someplace else. Seriously, grab his nuts. You know, maybe he could just claim harassment and quit. You know, I'm supposed to think that's heelish, but they do it during a commercial break. 
I mean, not everybody's going to keep watching the split screen when the fucking cell phone commercial comes on. Commercial breaks sometimes are needed to go relieve yourself. Go microwave a hot pocket. Get a drink. They fucking do the attack during a commercial break. Fine, suspended, out of here, blah, 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 whatever. All right? So, we have that now. As foolish as it was to have Nyla Rose... Do her attacking during the commercial break. A lot of you don't even know that this happened. Again, when I'm a fan of AEW, and I actually enjoyed their show tonight a little bit more than NXT, but I will also bring up solutions when I have issues. And the match placement is problem that I have. Another one is this. They need, you see what they're trying to do. The reason why you're getting the split screens, it's not the same as WWE. Vince McMahon earlier this year thought he didn't want any wrestling to happen during commercial breaks. He just wanted everything to be on TV. So (laughs) as good of an idea that might have been on paper, it was a disaster. Because you had impromptu two out of three falls. You had 45-second pins. You had disqualifications. You had bullshit happening on Raw. It was terrible. The reason why AEW is having all of these split screens is because they're trying to shove two pounds of baloney in a one-pound bag. Because we don't have time in two hours to have Nyla Rose attack the referee during the programming, so we have to do it during the commercial. When we have a Jericho beatdown go seven minutes and people are complaining, why are they doing that during a commercial break on the split screen? Because they don't have enough time in the two hours. WWE, a lot of fans complain that Raw is too long. Raw should be two hours instead of three. AEW is proving that they need three hours instead of two. Do I want to see AEW have three hours? No. But they're trying to shove two pounds of baloney in a one-pound bag. And what's happening is you're seeing things happen during commercial breaks that should be happening on TV, but it doesn't happen on TV because they're putting too much on the television that maybe is not needed. Case in point. I'm sorry, man. I'm still not into the dark order. The skits have not been bad. But tell me right now, what is more important? The dark order and some fucking chubby bearded guy trying to join and getting initiation or the feud between Cody and MJF? Because while the dark order, they were airing that fucking vignette on television, AEW thinks that this is okay to put on social media, and not on television. Did you even know that MJF had a response to Cody tonight? Knock, knock, Cody. What do you say me and you play a little tiny game? Let's live in a world of make-believe. A world where I don't come from a family that has more money than the U.S. Mint. Who am I kidding? Right, Wardlow? Of course I have money. And with that money, I was actually able to buy the assistance of the bunny, the butcher, and the blade. Oh, that's right, Cody. You and your uh, 
tiny little Mark Boy fan club weren't aware I was behind that, were you? Shocking. But you know, Roller Coaster, when you are the holder of a $45,000 ring, what's a couple grand really going to do to my bank account? So now you're in a bit of a pickle, aren't you, Cody? You need to find a friend to help shield you away from those two grotesque monsters and that beautiful bunny. And boy, am I glad she's hopping around here. But that's the thing, isn't it, Cody? You don't have any friends left. And that's exactly why you asked BBB to pick your tag partner. But just so you know, Cody, I genuinely care about your well-being. I mean, you are my best friend, after all, right? My mentor. So I gave him a little bit of insight. I decided to pick the partner for them. And let me tell you something, Cody. This guy I picked is so good. So good luck, champ. Uh, that's right. <laughs> you can never be champ. And that's all because of me. You don't air that on TV. You put it on Twitter. You put it on YouTube. Come on, man. Seriously? I mean, I said a long time ago that AEW is going to be the first millennial promotion. They were really going to cater big time to fans on social media. But that is something that needs to be on TV. He's talking about a match that is going to air on television, not on YouTube, not on Twitter. Now, they may air that next week on Dynamite. They may air it. On Dark, the problem is that's a YouTube show. Absolutely foolish. And telling you, little things like this are a big fucking deal. Because we talked about briefly, you know, the Brandy Rose Awesome Kong thing, which I'll get into now. We had a Karoshita versus Chris Statlander. Great match. Cheetah is fucking awesome. People may remember about five or six weeks ago, I said, keep her car sheet on your radar. She loses. Now, Chris Statlander, they want her to co you know, to basically have a little bit of a bang, a little bit of an impact in AEW. Was it necessary for her car Sheeta to be the one to lose to Chris Statlander tonight? Because immediately after the loss, you have Awesome Kong and Brandy Rhodes steal the shine with Statlander and Sheeta. Because basically Brandy Rhodes comes out and they announce that they're gonna they have their own little click. What what's the name of the click that they called it? The nightmare conglomerate? What was it? Somebody out there, please, quick. Uh, what was what Brandy called it? She's basically named her new faction. And they need new members. Wow, I can't believe nobody knows it. Not one person? Nobody? Unbelievable. That's, that's incredible. Not one person listening live right now remembers what Brandy Rhodes called her fucking click. Unbelievable. That's amazing. 
Well, anyway, um, <laughs> that, that's that's pretty amazing. Seriously. Well, anyway, she wants Chris Statlander to join. And for some reason, Chris Statlander, if you looked at it closely, she's got her left arm at Cheetah. Like she's saying, like, wait, hang out, hang out, hold off, hold off, hold off. I mean, really? Was Sheeta like threatening to interfere with it, to join forces with Chris Statland? She's got their hand out. And I'm like, what the fuck do you have your hand out for? So just in wrestling 101, when you have a monster like Awesome Kong and you have Brandy that's insisting that someone join her faction, it's amazing. Nobody still has put up the name. It blows my mind. The Nightmare Collective. Thank you, Tony Lopez. Somebody got off his ass and actually did a quick Twitter search for five seconds. The Nightmare Collective. The Nightmare Collective. That's what it is. The Nightmare Collective. Um, You have Sheeta lose again. The number one contender. And before you could even let that sink in, you have Brandy Rhodes and Awesome Kong come out. And they're pretty much demanding that Chris Statlander join their crew. So what do we get? We get a fan sitting ringside, which I believe is Melanie Cruz. And she's like, no, 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 I'll join your faction. I'll join your faction. Now, in storyline, why the fuck want a fan to join your faction? How is that fan going to build the division? I don't even know if the person could wrestle in storyline. So what happens? Awesome Kong is cutting this woman's hair. And I should also point out that she's cutting her hair during a commercial break. During a commercial break. They cut a little clip and then they go to commercial. And they're cutting more and they got electrical fucking scissors and a buzz and they're doing all this shit. And they're cutting all of her hair and then they walk to the back. And Chris Statlander is still standing like a goof. Come on, this is Wrestling 101. Chris Statlander did not join your clique. Awesome Kong in Storyline should have attacked her right then and there. But because a fan at ringside, pick me, pick me. Pick you know what's going to happen? You get every fucking goof fan now. That's Pick me, pick me. They just look away and they give Chris Statlander a, a pass. It was just not good. It was not good at all. Brandy Rhodes is not bad on the mic, but you could see the people who run the joint give a little bit of extra focus on themselves, a little bit extra pyro, a little bit extra notoriety, a little bit extra time. But meanwhile, MJF's response to Cody is on fucking YouTube. Very, very stupid. Very stupid in my opinion. Next we have Joey Janela cutting a promo in the back, basically trying to give us like a reason why we should watch him in the main event tonight. And that's not a knock on Joey Janela. Joey Janela is, is talented. Joey Janela is good, very good. The problem is there has been no character development for the most part for Joey Janela. You know what people say the most about Joey Janela as far as AEW goes? Oh, his sunglasses remind me of old Macho Man or Diamond Dallas Page and this is and that. I mean, there's no investment in a lot of their wrestlers. There's no character development. You had some character development tonight with Marco Stunt and Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, 
But the only reason why the development even existed is not for the long haul for all of them. That was to set up a match in two weeks between Jungle Boy and Chris Jericho. To go to the end of the year without Chris Jericho having a real intense feud. Because right now, explain to me why he should be angry with John Moxley. Why should he be angry? If Jericho, you think of his character, he comes out and, you know, he's got a, you know, he's got one of those fucking, like, we think it's the list of Jericho. But, you know, it's now the lexicon of Le Champion. And I admit I would have popped when he's reading off all the names that he does not want to wrestle for the title. They should have did a little bit of WCW, go to a commercial break, and when they come back from commercial break, he's still reading names off the list. If anybody remembers the 1,001 holds or 1,004 holds, whatever it was that he did with Malenko, it would have been funny. But he's got the lexicon of La Champion, and he's reading the list of people that he doesn't want to face. All right, but, you know, it was to set up the match in two weeks. It's to go to the end of the year without a real intense feud. The women's division, I know they wanted to have a lot of the Japanese influence, and I thought some of the women there have definitely had great matches. There has been very, very little character development. Of all the women on the wrestle, on their roster, the character development, the number one character developed is Brandy Rhodes, and she hasn't had a match. You know, she hasn't, you know, wrestled for the most part. Then you have Awesome Kong and you have Dr. Britt Baker. Has there really been much other character development? I mean, we still don't even understand, you know, when she went to Jamie Hayter or the commentator. (laughs) Problems, man. Big time problems. So, anyway, we get to Pentagon Jr. versus Christopher Daniels. I think a lot of people thought that this would be the match of the night. It feels like it fell a little bit flat. Pentagon Jr. does get the win. Once again, I go back to what I said earlier. Who are the tag champs feuding with for the tag titles? Who's the women's champion feuding with for the women's title? You know, yeah, we know Jericho versus Moxley is going to happen sometime in January or February. But there's no big-time feuds for the most part right now for belts. You have Cody and MJF, but the feud is not even, can't even put the MJF promo on television. We need feuds. We need, and that's one thing that I have to give NXT credit for because I mentioned this two weeks ago, right after Survivor Series and NXT War Games. You look at every woman from NXT that was in War Games and Survivor Series, every single woman's character has been developed over the last two or three months. Sure, some of the women have been in NXT for a lot longer than that. But if you started watching NXT for the first time two or three months ago, every wrestler's character has developed that has been that were in those matches. Everybody, for the most part, Tony Storm may have had the least amount of exposure, but everybody knew who she was. That is one thing that NXT's done right that AEW's had a problem with. The second thing is NXT has really intensified feuds. Right now, next week we're getting Balor 
versus Keith Lee versus Tommaso Ciampa in a three-way. The winner is going to take on Adam Cole in two weeks, December 18th. That's going to be a very big week for pro wrestling. So you have legitimately, and you could even throw Gargano somewhere in that if he was if he didn't have the injury. There's about four, five, six people. You could put Dijakovic in there too. There's four, five, or six people that legitimately, you could have Adam Cole in a six-pack challenge right now, and every single person in that match is has somewhat of a feud with Adam Cole. What do you have in AEW with La Champion? You know? By the way, uh, that little bit of the bubbly, you know, I did my research last week. I played the promo live. You know, people didn't even know that website existed yet. Um, did they really sell 12,000 bottles? No. In pro wrestling, everything is exaggerated. Did it sell well? Absolutely, yes. Did it sell 12,000? No. But it did sell really, really well. And that was a good thing. And look, it's a dessert wine. It's probably a $5 bottle of wine with a Chris Jericho sticker, a little bit of bubbly on it. You know, I want to come out with a spoof for all these bitch boys in podcast and website land that can't stand AEW, but seem to tweet 80 times about it during the night. You know, I, I want to do a spoof. I want to get a baby bottle and I want to call it a little bit of the baby formula. And I want to, I, seriously, I want to get all their addresses. And for Christmas, I want to send them a little bit of the baby formula. <laughs> you know, you see all the I don't watch it. But I talk about it all night long. I made this little comparison tonight. Everybody listening, when you see someone like that and it annoys you, even if it's a fellow fan, if they annoy you, but I like doing it to podcasters and bloggers because they use the excuse, well, I'm a podcaster. I have to watch it. Um, really? When I, you, but you don't. Yeah, but, I, but I'm a wrestling fan, so I have a right to rip it. But you don't like it and you don't watch it, so why are you talking about it? And I use the comparison today that I got a lot of PMs on, and I want everybody to remember this, all right? Dubstep, dubstep. I don't like dubstep. I never liked dubstep. I know some of you out there love dubstep. I have, I respect that. I understand why some people love dubstep. It definitely has a catchy, you know, groove to it, but I don't like it. Have you ever heard me rip dubstep? But, but, but just... From now on, replace dubstep with AEW. Replace music with wrestling. So the next time someone says to you that fucking rips AEW to pieces, but then says, but I'm a wrestling fan, would you rip dubstep 50,000 times on social media if you didn't like it? No, you wouldn't. So next time you do that, you could say, but I'm a music fan. So I have a right to do it. Just... Just take wrestling and replace it with something else that you can't stand and just look at it that way. If you don't like dubstep, you ever going to talk about it on social media? No, but I'm a music fan, so I should be able to rip it 100. They're just morons, everybody. They're just looking to get tweet fucked. Usually look at their relationship status. Not, not no girlfriend, no boyfriend, no significant other, not even plastic because you know how embarrassing that would be 
to have somebody bitch that much about something they don't like, and then they use the excuse, but I'm a wrestling fan. All right, so I'll rip country music all night long, but I'm a music fan. Some people, man, fucking brain dead. So anyway, Pentagon Jr. versus Daniels. I thought it disappointed. I, I, I really thought it disappointed. Um, next, we see the video package, the butcher and the blade. Sorry, I'm just not feeling it yet. Stop treating everybody as if it's been around for five years. You just got ripped apart on social media. You know, all right, you made your bed. Now you got to lay in it a little bit. You don't fuck, fucking put the MJF promo on TV, but you put the fucking butcher, the baker, and the bald-headed fucking candlestick maker. Seriously. And those guys are talented. There's a lot of matches of them on YouTube. The problem is mainstream fans don't know who the fuck they are. And it was goofy, man. I said last week, how did you fix how could you have easily fixed that problem last week? The first person that should have came out of that hole in the ring was Ali. Could you picture all the whistles? Like every woo woo. Oh my God. Whoa. Hot, hot, hot. Cody could she could be fucking teasing Cody. And even though Cody's fucking, you know, with Brandy or whatever. I mean, and while Ali's distracting Cody, the butcher and the bald-headed blade fucking Beat the fuck out of Cody. That's how you you do it. So who do, does anybody care one week later that they get a fucking face Cody? No, not me. Sorry. So we get to the main event, John Moxley versus Joey Janela. Earlier, I said that Joey Janela cut a promo, you know, and Joey Janela is talented. Um, but it was funny because Joey Janela is cutting this really passionate promo on how he's gonna like beat the fuck out of. John Moxley. John Moxley's going to have to kill him tonight because they fought back in June and just their brawl, and he's going to have to kill him tonight. John Moxley enters the pitcher. Alex Marvez, who doesn't understand he's on TV, cut that fucking half gray, half fucking, you know, like five o'clock fucking growth on your chin. He'd have a full length fucking beard or none at all. I mean, it just, I don't know. For a minute, I thought that was the fucking Puerto Rican from the Make-A-Wish last week when they had the State Farm, the nephew, remember? You know, put my nephew on TV, one match. I thought it was the same guy, backstage segment. Give him a break. He looks like, put on ADW jacket and be on TV, interview my, uh, yo, Janela. That's what it looked like. I thought it was this State Farm guy. I didn't realize for a minute it's Alex Marvez. Cut that fucking bush off your, off your chin. You know, look a little neater, you know? But anyway, you got Joey Janela cutting this passionate promo. He's going to fucking beat up Moxley. And Moxley walks in, looks at the camera, looks at Janela, and all he says is one word, kids. And he leaves. It was funny, but it's one word fucking ate up Joey Janela's promo. So we have Joey Janela fight John Moxley. Wasn't a bad match. A lot of in-ring for the most part, I think people expected more of a wild brawl. And they did have their moments. The DDT on a ramp, you know, looked sweet. Janela had some really good high-flying moves, some stiff shots without a doubt. But unfortunately, you looked at the clock. It hit 9.59. And then you had the match kind of felt abruptly end. Moxley hit the, the paragon shift off the turnbuckle and got the win. Then Jericho walks down the rampway because Moxley, you know, came out, you know, a la Shield style once again. 
and Jericho's staring down Moxley. And I would have liked to have seen Moxley cut more promos on Jericho for the last week or two to try to build up that Moxley is coming after Jericho. You know, they had to do that a little bit more to give a reason. Why, why did Jericho come down the rampway and act pissed towards Moxley? Why? You enjoy your bubbly in the back. There was, it was just, it felt like, part, you know what it felt like? It felt like this. If MJF's promo was not worthy enough for TV that made YouTube, maybe there's a couple of Moxley promos on YouTube that did make TV where he's calling out Chris Jericho. Right? I don't think there is that we haven't seen. My point is, AEW, please. All right? I know I'm brash. I know I'm over the top and I'm considered toxic by a lot of feds. That's why I get no acknowledgments whatsoever. Privately, I do, but publicly, I never get nothing, which is cool even though we have the biggest audience, period, uh, amongst non-professional podcasts, I should say. But please, take my advice on this. You cannot fucking sneak things on social media and not put it on your television. It's sloppy. It's fucking left out. There's too much shit happening during commercial breaks because you can't figure out how to fit it in in a two-hour schedule. I'm sorry, man. There was no reason to advertise five matches in advance. I think Chris Statlander could have beat someone else in two minutes tonight and had the same effect with Brandy and fucking Awesome Kong afterwards. Instead, all you did was give Sheeta another loss, and now, once again, it makes this fucking top 10, top five list dumb. Dumb. It's not, this isn't fucking, you know, un, this is predetermined. And when you start fucking getting comfortable with someone getting numerous wins, Pac is the perfect example of it. Holy shit, we got to start building Moxley and Jericho, but Pac is number one and he's getting, look at his record. All right, so we'll make him lose. Uh, Yoshida, you know, why do we care that she was number one for two weeks and then she loses two weeks in a row? Come on, man. This ain't fucking college football. Right, number one. They're trying to do too many things. Keep it simpler. And another thing is they have to really be careful with the accusations of being the hipster version of WWE. Because you look at some of the things tonight. I thought the comparisons to the Straight Edge Society was pretty dumb. But there was enough people doing that. You see Cody's promo, people immediately say, oh, Ric Flair, 1998. You have MJF and Jericho going at it two weeks ago. Up, oh, that's Kevin Owens and Jericho. You have this. It, it feels a lot of the copy. And my God, AEW even did a spoof of Britt Baker with her hands you know, together and she looks concerned. Now, if you're going to do that every week, I'm fine with it. Every time somebody gets like really put through a table or something really, really terrible. You have to have Britt Baker somewhere in the crowd with her hands together looking extremely concerned. You could have something really, really stupid. Maybe somebody gives someone a fucking distinct face and she's got that very concern. Turn it into fucking satire. Do it every single week. You know, to do it one week, was that her punishment for being seen on NXT War Games? Do it every week. Make it funny. But... I don't know, man. It's, it feels right now 
that were watching house shows. It's house shows with cameras. Because Moxley and Janela going off the air, I mean, does that feel like any story? Yeah, Jericho come down the rampway pissed. Why? Why? Did Moxley do anything to them? Did he lay anybody out? Did he fucking, you know, mess up Guevara's hair? Did he fucking give the, you know, the proud and the powerful and the Puerto Rican fucking wedgies? Did he do anything? I don't know. I liked AEW more than NXT tonight, but there's some glaring problems. And trust me, 663,000 viewers last week, don't give me, oh, it was the day before Thanksgiving. What what was NXT's excuse for eight ten? Does that mean that if it wasn't Thanksgiving, NXT would have had a million one, a million two? I mean, how does that make AEW any better? So if AEW would have had nine hundred and fifty thousand, but NXT had one point two million, you tell me how that's any better? I think AEW really does rebound in the ratings tonight. Because although a lot of NXT guys got a lot of exposure on the main WWE product, I still think some of the matches that we see are not ratings draw. Just just my opinion. We will see. I mean, maybe towards the end of the show, I'll get into, you know, a, a quick impromptu ratings prediction. And maybe I'll get half of it spot on, like last week, and the other half I'll... But there, I will say this. There is no... I'll quit the show. If I'm wrong, there is no way AEW does under 700,000 this week. There's no way. It's just, if they keep start, you remember what I said? I think week one, I felt my prediction was that AEW is going to settle in between eight and 900,000 viewers. And I think that's pretty much what they have been around. I still believe that. There, there's just no way that AEW is going to go on to 700,000. That's just my opinion. But they have to be really, really careful because NXT is really building up feuds. My God, the Leo Rush-Angel Garza feud. You saw that package earlier. I mean, why is it that NXT could put all those matches on in two hours, do all these promos? They did six matches. They did all these vignettes and promos. They saw the progression of Dakota Kai. You had fucking Cassius Ono outside walking around talking about NXT versus NXT UK. You had Keith Lee going at it with fucking the Undisputed Era early on. There's just, you see the, the two products. It's not one is three hours and the other one is two. They got to manage their time better, in my opinion. You know, maybe an 11-minute match goes nine minutes. Maybe, you know, like I said, the Statlander match, you have a win in two minutes against someone else. There is no way the ratings would have been less if Sheeta did not take on Statlander. I know a lot of people were looking forward to seeing that match, but there's nobody out there that was like, they're not going to have Sheeta on. I'm not watching. Anyway. Before we get into NXT tonight, a couple of other tidbits I want to bring up. Um, something I think is is a pretty big deal. Um, we'll see where it goes. But AEW landed a deal with In Demand, and they have guaranteed In Demand a minimum of one pay-per-view per quarter through June of 2021. So it's pretty much an 18-month deal. 
and they're guaranteeing at least one pay-per-view every three months. Now, in today's age where we're used to pay-per-views every single month, Impact Wrestling, I don't think, counts anymore. But, um, you know, every two or three months, maybe that's the way to go with uh, AEW. On the other hand, on the other hand, I'm trying to think outside the box a little bit. I think because AEW is not having pay-per-views every month or two, that they're becoming too lazy with feuds. Case in point, what I've said last week and this week, who's Jericho really feuding up until this point? Who are the tag teams feuding with? Who are the women's champion in AEW feuding with? So you can't just tread water for four or five weeks. You know, you have SCU get into it with the inner circle two weeks ago. Now this week you got Jurassic Express get into it. You know who's the, the click next week that's going to get into it? It feels like they're just, you know, wasting weeks. I think if AEW had a pay-per-view every six weeks or every two months, it would force them to progress these feuds. And if you say to me what I've been saying for a while, if you say to me, well, DT, if they have pay-per-views every month and a half, they're going to go through their roster in six months. Jericho's going to, would have feuded with every single, well, duh, that's the challenge of being a major promotion, duh. If you have to fucking have Jungle Boy and Scorpio Sky and Too Cold Scorpio and Too Cool and this person here, fight Jericho for no reason because we got to milk five weeks of nothing going nowhere because we don't have a pay-per-view for another two months, then you deserve 600,000 viewers. Anyway, there is an awesome interview in Revolver Magazine right now with Io Shirai and Poppy. So if you haven't checked it out yet, go check it out. They talk about wrestling. They talk about movies. They talk about heavy metal. Uh, not heavy metal. They talk about music. It, it, Miss, you'll be hearing this. Go check it out. I actually was reading some of it, and Io Shirai is, is great, man. I mean, it's a print interview um, from what I read. I read the, the transcript but it's definitely a cool interview if you want to check out. Another interview you want to check out is Tommaso Ciampa. He was on with Lillian Garcia recently. I think he had done another interview as well. And he gets very uh, open about various topics. I think the two that are really standing out the most this week, one has to do with wrestling, one doesn't. Um, he talks about how at one time he actually tried to commit suicide, um, sat in a car, Reverse the exhaust and um, very, he didn't say how old he was at the time, but I believe he was at a very, very young age when that happened and um, gets very, very open and very, it's very powerful when you uh, see what he said. Um, but he also, there's comments floating around on how Joe Coff, Joe Goof, I like to call him, Joe Goof, Ring of Honor COO, that Ciampa reveals that Joe Goof told him that um, when he was at Ring of Honor, that no one is going to sign Ciampa for more than $20,000. With all the shit going on right now with Kelly Klein, and you hear that little soundbite of Ciampa talking about Ring of Honor, you understand that 
Joe Goof and Ring of Honor, I honestly don't, they're not, they're never going to go anywhere. You know, when you see New Japan this week do an interview and they're putting over Ring of Honor and they love, you know, that they have this little get together, that's only because New Japan doesn't have their business completely established in the United States yet. Once New Japan is established in the United States, and they fucking have shit set up in various states where they could hold shows and have their own insurance and their own licenses. They're going to fucking call Joe Goof. No, no, Joe, Joe, we're, we're good this month. You know, I mean, we'll do something next month. It's like someone who you're trying to fucking get rid of, but you just don't want to tell them, look, get the fuck out of my life. Fucking get away from me. So you try to do little subliminal messages here and there. And, you know, maybe the person starts saying, did this person really want me here? And maybe that person finally figures it out and then fucking leaves. I think that's what's going to happen with New Japan and Joe Goof down the line. Um, even Enzo and Kaz. You know, that's one thing I take pride in. I take pride in. And this is not tweet fucking at all. But anybody that's a longtime listener knows that I have defended Enzo um, across the board with just about everything. You know, storyline, the thing with Lana was just absolutely ridiculous because in storyline, Enzo should have gotten his ass kicked. But when he got accused for the sexual harassment and the fucking attempted rape or whatever it was, I mean, you know, since day one, Mish is another one. I think Joey numbers too. I never really got into that conversation with Kev on Monday. Um, but Mish especially, I mean, stood behind this guy all along. And, you know, I absolutely love when my view is pointed out by people because the one thing, and I think this is one reason why I don't like doing shows with co-hosts sometimes because my views get bundled in with other people. And, you know, just because one person in, in doesn't feel a certain way about a certain product or person or promotion doesn't mean everybody on the show is. You know, so that's why I always try to go out of my way to express my views on certain topics because I want people to understand this is my take on it. Don't bundle my views or what I say on a show. And, um, you know, that. but even Enzo and Kaz, I think they were on with Jericho and they were talking about, and this was amazing. And I invite anybody to go back to WrestleMania week when Enzo and Kaz showed up at Ring of Honor uh, New Japan in New York City, and it was trending on Twitter more than when Bret Hart got attacked at the Hall of Fame. And you had people that actually thought that Enzo and Big Kaz went into business for themselves and fucking jumped the guardrail and actually tried to get into a Ring of Honor. I said since moment one that that was not, you know, them just going into business for themselves. You know, as street thuggish as Enzo is, or Big Kaz might be off the, the handle sometimes in some people's eyes, they're not stupid. They, they do business the right way. And they admitted that Ring of Honor brought them in for that. But they also talked about how Ring of Honor basically, that was it. Like, you know, what happened? Like, we were supposed to do all these other things they're talking about. Ring of Honor is just a mess. I've been talking about them being a mess for a while now. It's nothing against the wrestlers because they're trying really, really hard. But Ring of Honor is a fucking mess right now. Um, you look at their TV show. You had Silas Young and Josh Woods over coast to coast. 
the bouncers, and the SOS in a four-corner Survivor tag match. Now, for anybody out there who is a casual fan of Ring of Honor, doesn't watch for a while. Honestly, let me repeat that result. Silas Young and Josh Woods versus Coast to Coast versus the SOS versus the bouncers. Is that fucking pay-per-view money? I don't think so. Angelina Love and Mandy Leone over Sumi Sakai and Jenny Rose in an ODQ match. Okay, that's fine. PJ Black over Ultimo Guerrero, Kenny King and Eli Isom. Isom, I think it is, in a four-corner survival. But that was it. I mean, they're just a fucking mess right now. They're a mess. Um, Impact Wrestling is a mess as well. Uh, They did announce that Jordan Grace is going to challenge Taya Valkyrie for the knockouts title in January. You know, everybody was reporting that Taya was going to sign with WWE, even though we just found out that Morrison is going back. Um, But she's going to be in Impact at least until January. Uh, A good move, Impact brought back David Zahadi. Um, He actually worked for Impact um, up until December of 17. He was there for a very long time. And David Zahadi is definitely a big asset to have behind the scenes. But I don't know where this goes with Impact Wrestling. They are lacking big time. Um, They just had an event in Queens, I think yesterday. And you had Brian Cage and Eddie Edwards go to a no contest. It led to a triple threat match because Michael Elgin interfered. So Michael Elgin beat Brian Cage and Eddie Edwards in a three-way. You had Ace Austin and Reno Scum over the Rascals. Um, Petey Williams over Johnny Swinger and ODB over Taya Valkyrie. I mean, really? Does that sound like big-time pay-per-view quality? No. I think they're one-two right now as far as Who's going to fold first? And that's a shame. That's a shame. But before we get to NXT, a couple other tidbits. Um, Kodan is actually going to be at MLW's event Thursday, December 5th. For anybody that's in my neck of the woods, they're going to be doing a Fusion TV taping. And um, I tell you, MLW, and I said this about a month ago, even though you know back in the day had issues with Court Bauer, Um, that product right now impresses me the most out of any Fed right now that is not named WWE or AEW. Seriously. You look at the lineup that they have for tomorrow in New York City. This is a Thursday. This is not a Friday or Sunday or Saturday. You have Jacob Fatu, Kara Kwan, and Simon Gotch versus Seema L. Lindemann and Shinhiro Iri. You have the Opera Cup, which they are bringing back. The first round is Davy Boy Smith Jr. versus Shinjiro Otani, which is going to tear it up. MJF is wrestling on that show, taking on Alex Hammerstone. Timothy Thatcher versus Richard Holiday. TJP against Brian Pillman Jr. You have Mance Warner and Jimmy Havoc in a Prince of Darkness match. Conan will be there. Tom Lawler, King Mo, uh, Myron Reed, Cotto Brazil, and Jordan Oliver. That's a pretty stacked fucking card for a Thursday. Yes, it's a TV taping, but still, you know, it's pretty impressive. Now, NWA, oh, I don't know, man. I mean, Jim Cornette, you know, we know what happened there. I get this strange feeling that there is a chance Jim Cornette goes back to NWA. 
I'm not saying it's going to be now. I'm not saying it's going to be as a manager only. But I got this feeling that maybe something gets worked out in the future. I'm still fucking pissed that, you know, that management did not, you know, get reamed for not apologizing for allowing that comment to make TV. They, they, the bottom line is they found no offense to it. Plain and simple. There's no other way to put it. But they did announce who is going to be commentating in place of Jim Cornette at the Into the Fire pay-per-view that's going to take place in two weeks. And it's none other. Oh, you all know him as uh, Wade Barrett. He's actually going to be doing the commentating. It's not a bad deal, man. A lot of people are not aware that he has been doing some commentating on some shows. I don't remember the Fed that he does commentating for, but I listened to a couple of clips of him on YouTube, and he is not bad. And thank you, just Jason Jones. He confirmed of what I said earlier that I was right, that it was, in fact, Melanie Cruz that was the plant, the one who got her head shaved at AEW tonight. But um, he's not a bad commentator. And he actually broke in to wrestling, working for the NWA overseas. And I think his first match ever was against Nick Aldis. So don't, believe me, this is not bad news. <laughs> you know, Don't, you know, think of his WWE career and think, oh my God, he's going to be horrendous and this and that. Eddie is saying that he commentated on Defiant Wrestling. So, okay. I, I, I listened to a couple of clips on YouTube. I don't know if it was for Defiant, but he is not bad. I think everybody out there should give him a chance before criticizing it. But they have their pay-per-view in two weeks. For those that missed this week's episode, you had the Rock and Roll Express beat the Wild Cards to win the NWA Tag Titles. Yes, the Rock and Roll Express. Um, I saw it. It was not bad. You know, it's more of like a fluke roll-up win, you know, than anything else. But uh, look, Rock and Roll Express did not embarrass themselves in AEW. They did not embarrass themselves in NWA. There's a rematch that's going to take place at Into the Fire. And you know the Rock and Roll Express are not keeping those belts, you know, for any period of time. This was to give a little buzz on the net. I have no problem with it whatsoever. But, um, you know, their lineup so far for the pay-per-view, which takes place in 10 days, Question Mark versus Trevor Murdoch, Allison Kay and Ashley Vox versus Melina, Thunder Rosa, or Marty Bell. They haven't decided which one is going to be uh, tagging yet. Eli Drake versus Kenny Anderson. Nick Aldis um, in a best two out of three falls for the NWA World Heavyweight title. Uh, Nick Aldis will be defending against James Storm. Brian Hepner will be the referee for the first fall. Tim Storm will be the referee for the second fall. The participants were able to choose who the referees would be. Uh, for the triple threat match for the NWA national title, Colt Cabana is defending the belt, taking on Aaron Stevens and Ricky Starks. And as I said, in a rematch for the tag titles, the Rock and Roll Express will be taking on the wild cards, Thomas Latimer and Royce Isaacs. Not bad. You know, I don't put NWA in the same category as Ring of Honor or MLW or... Um, impact because, again, I compared it to weekly pilots to basically just get 
you know, like a little bit of, you know, backing to their product and just a little bit of repetition and trial and error. Um, people that are really going out of their way to say, I'm not watching anymore because Cornette's not on there. I think it's foolish. Um, and anybody that really is saying it is just revealing how shallow that they are. How disrespectful to the wrestlers as well. Because, you know, you can't protest it because Cornette, you know, is no longer there. He quit. I mean, of course, he's pissed off of what happened. And again, I did not defend what he said at all. Although I found seven clips of Cornette saying the same reference about Ethiopia. You know, it's outdated, it's old, it's stupid, and it shouldn't have been said. But again, NWA deserves just as much blame for not editing that out. It was not a live show. I talked about it that night that there's no excuse. Anybody that actually thought in their right mind that nobody listened, looked at that product for the month or two months that they had it in the, in the bag, no excuse whatsoever. None. Now, um... Let's get back to NXT. Decent show tonight. I liked it. Kind of liked AEW a little bit better. You had Killian Dane uh, come out and take on Pete Dunne. Basically, Maranalo was back, as we talked about on Monday. It was great to see him back. I knew he was not going to be talking about anything that went down. But Maro basically introducing us to this week's NXT. He is... Not directly interrupted, but Killian Dane was in the ring and started cutting a promo while Mauro Ranel was introducing us to NXT's episode tonight. Killian Dane opening, you know, uh, issuing an open challenge. Pete Dunne accepts the challenge. They brawled for 15 fucking minutes, and Killian Dane gets the win. Um, a really, really hard fought match. And, you know, I, I'm a little surprised at the, the, the level of jokes made towards Pete Dunne. I mean, not everybody is going to be your quintessential, you know, certain look as a wrestler. You know, some people, you know, just they're different. Pete Dunne is a brawler. No nonsense. You know, almost like no gimmicks needed if you want to go that route. Pete Dunne is fucking great, man. It was a great match. I Anybody that shit on it, I just thought was pretty foolish. I mean, Killian Dane, I'm not feeling him yet. I'm not saying he's not talented. He obviously is. But there's just some people that have not clicked with me yet, and he is one of them. Another one I will get into a little bit later. Next, we had the undisputed era of Adam Cole, Kyle Riley, and Roderick Strong come out. Um... And, you know, they they were basically talking about, and I got a kick out of this. They were talking about Keith Lee. And they were talking about how Keith Lee was having a moment, you know, on the main roster, you know, doing what he did, you know, with WWE. And I think, who was it? Was it Bobby Fish who made, the, no, Bobby Fish is out. And by the way, you want to see something cool with Bobby Fish online, just search him on Twitter. Check out what you see. That's all I'm going to say. But um, there was a really funny joke tonight where Kyle O'Reilly said that Keith Lee, you know, enjoy your moments. And they were calling him Keith Momentara Lee. Get it? He's just, you know, he's got it just momentarily. I thought that was pretty 
pretty good on words. But, you know, Keith Lee, you know, on the mic also. And, you know, he's in the ring with the Undisputed Era. Basically, you know, talking smack to them back and saying, you know, he wonders whose title he's going to go for first. He levels Adam Cole. He ends up getting beat down. And um, he gets the upper hand and actually takes out all three. And it was a good way, you know, to have uh, Keith Lee with that interaction with Adam Cole. Obviously, I already talked about what the match is going to be next week with the three-way. But once again, having multiple people in the mix for Adam Cole's title. And it feels like there are feuds. Balor, you know, attacking Cole last week. Balor wants a shot at that title. Keith Lee, I don't even need to bring it up. Tommaso Ciampa. I mean, look what's been going on for the last month or so with with him and Adam Cole. So NXT's doing a great job building numerous contenders for Adam Cole's title. So next we have a promo by Zia Lee. And I'm sorry, man. Zia Lee is talented. She speaks English. But whenever I hear this is my moment, I think of Dana Brooke. I just, I'm sorry, that's just the way I feel about it. She cuts a promo saying it's it's her moment, and I'm like, okay, Japanese Dana Brooke, which is unfair to her because she is really fucking talented. She fought Shayna Baszler, lost in about four minutes. Shayna Baszler, you know, they're going to hype up uh, a match that's going to take place in two weeks. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, Zia Lee, you know, she's got a lot. And right now, there's no need to blow her load and really have her, you know, pushed to the next level because there's so many other women that are are the focus right now. But, you know, I I thought it was a little premature with this is my moment, blah, 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 blah. The Forgotten Sons, I'm not feeling them either. They beat Adrian Atlantis and Leon Ruff in a minute 18. If anybody saw that fucking chokeslam that they gave Ruff, Outside the ring, the edge of the rampway, outside to the floor, that looked like it hurt, man. That was fucking brutal. I guarantee you all of social media is showing that clip. It was pretty impressive, but I'm still not feeling it with the Forgotten Sons. So now we have, um, you know, the back and forth, Rhea Ripley, um, you know, talking about Dakota Kai, Shayna Baszler, they make their ramp, uh, their entrance up the ramp with Marina Shafir, Jessamyn Duke. And this is all to set up uh, Shayna Baszler versus Rhea Ripley in two weeks, NXT. You know, and it was interesting because right around the same time they announced Jungle Boy versus Jericho, we had Shayna Baszler versus Rhea Ripley announced. And I'm I'm two weeks from now. I'm going to be curious to see if WWE has Baszler and Ripley fight at the same time Jericho takes on Jungle Boy. I don't know if that's going to happen for the simple reason that I think AEW may try to close out their show with Jericho and Jungle Boy. Whereas I think the three-way... Uh, well, not the three-way, but whoever the winner of the three-way is taking on Adam Cole, that will close out NXT in two weeks. So next we have Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono. I talked about it at the beginning of the show tonight. They went nine minutes. 
Matt Riddle, Cassius Ono, great fucking match. Again, you know, it's just it's a shame that it got overshadowed because of Cassius Ono's weight. Um, he's not morbidly obese, you know. Yeah, I see the thickness in the legs, and you know, you look at the shirt, and you could see, you know, the the issues with his stomach. But man, the guy's battling with his thyroid. It's it's a battle. It's a battle. I think, and and you, you know me, everybody. If you're listening for a while, you know I am not one to be a you know like snowflake or you know shame anybody or try to you know yeah look I try to shame goofs because goofs are goofs and they deserve to be outed as goofs and you know they're goofs plain and simple they're goofs but I also think we should be human and show a little sympathy for certain people, especially because a lot of people aren't aware of, you know, Cassius Sono having some battles medically, which is uh, some of the reason for his weight gain. Again, he is not lazy sitting in his hotel at night, fucking tweeting and, and eating. He could still go. I agree, Maddie. He could still fucking go. And, um, I was, it was good to see him taking on Riddle tonight. Next, we had Kushida. And, you know, we thought Kushida was going to be taking on, um, who the fuck was he going to, oh, Raul Mendoza. Raul Mendoza, you know, is about to hit the ring and he gets blindsided by Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes is another one, probably more than anybody that I'm not feeling yet on the roster. To me, Cameron Grimes looks like if Jimmy Jam Garvin fucked some Tennessee trailer park hick about 28, 30 years ago, and that trailer park hick gave birth to a fucking guy, I think that's what it looked like. It looks like Jimmy Jam Garvin fucking some trailer park hick, and the guy fucking went to some 99-cent store and bought a fucking old-time hat. That's what it looks like. He looks like the spawn of Jimmy Jam Garvin in a fucking hick. But he's talented. No question, he's talented. But I'm just not feeling it yet. Kushida beat him in four minutes. Good, get the fuck off my TV. And I, and I don't mean that personal. i just not feeling Cameron Grimes right now. Sorry, don't like it. Hyping up next week, Leo Rush versus Angel Garza. And again, you look at that package, man. Angel Garza... I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I think 90% of the listeners probably don't care much about Angel Garza right now. He's not that high in the food chain. But you look at that package leading up to next week's match, the feud that Leo Rush and Angel Garza, that's one that's been under the radar a little bit. They've done a pretty damn good job to give a reason why they want to tear each other's head off, without a doubt. So finally, your main event tonight, you have an undisputed era of Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, and Adam Cole taking on Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, and Dominic Dijakovic. Decent match, back and forth. You knew that it was going to have some type of a, you know, schmaz conclusion to it. We had Finn Balor get involved towards the end. Finn Balor hits Tommaso Ciampa with the Bloody Sunday. And then it was funny because Balor is in the corner and Keith Lee just like quietly gets behind him. And Balor, he's got that look on his face like, oh, fuck. Yeah, see, everybody, I can multitask. I can watch both shows clearly, closely. I just take tons of notes as I'm watching them. 
you know, it's a challenge, but I'm enjoying it, man. That main event tonight was fun. And, you know, we end up having Keith Lee hitting um, Finn Balor with the spirit bomb. And um, Keith Lee blocked the Shining Wizard from Adam Cole and then hit uh, Adam Cole with that jackhammer into... What's, what's that other move that he does with the jackhammer? I can't, I can't remember what the other move is with it, but he pins the champion. So we have Dijakovic, Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, victorious... And then you have William Regal come out and announce next week that Ciampa, Lee, and Balor will fight in a three-way to determine who is the number one contender to take on Adam Cole on 12-18. I was a little disappointed that they left out Dominic Dijakovic with it. Although I wonder if Dijakovic, if they may have him go after Roderick Strong, I know a lot of us out there thought Keith Lee and Dijakovic could possibly become NXT tag champs. They could still go that route. But I'm really curious, very quickly, because I have both the Discord and the Mixler chats up right now. I'm going to give you three names right now. And be totally honest, you cannot choose Adam Cole. I'm going to throw three names out there right now, and you could just type the last name really, really quickly because I just want to pull everybody very, very quickly. Of these three individuals, who would you want the most to beat Adam Cole for the title if WWE were to take the belt off of Adam Cole? Either Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, or Finn Balor. Of the three who would you want? All right, we got Balor, Lee, Balor, Lee, uh, Ciampa. We got to vote for Ciampa. Keith Lee, you can't choose none. You have to choose one. We got a couple of more Keith Lees. For me, it's Keith Lee. Mixler, you could get in on this too. I'm I'm checking everybody out. It seems like the majority of everybody is going with Keith Lee. Um, I'm very surprised at virtually nothing for Ciampa. Very surprised. Because of the three, I feel like Tommaso Ciampa has the, the, the best shot of getting that title. Although, if it was up to me, Adam Cole should keep that belt for the foreseeable future. That guy's been the MVP for NXT, especially over the last month. Um, the workload that that guy put on his shoulders. And look, I'm not taking anything away from anybody else on the NXT roster. But Adam Cole really showed... Number one, he's something special, which a lot of us knew already. And number two, he don't need steroids like Superstar Billy Graham said. He's not that fucking small. You know, if Superstar Billy Graham would have said that about Jungle Boy, then I would have been like, all right, you know, I, I, I could see Billy Graham's point. But Billy Graham obviously sees something in Adam Cole. As far as main event picture goes, that's why he made that foolish suggestion. Notice how he doesn't make that suggestion for people that are much lower on the food chain because it just feels they're not worthy, even if they did take steroids and become monsters. Um, yeah, Billy Graham, he said that about Adam Cole not too long ago. Yeah, he said it. He said it about a few people, believe it or not. Um, yeah, you know, I have no problem with Adam Cole. Not, none at all. But, you know, solid NXT show as well. You know, for some reason, I enjoyed AEW a little bit more. Although, if you ask me, like, my favorite match of the night, maybe the opener from AEW 
But the main event for NXT, I really enjoyed as well. And let's not leave out Killian Dane and Pete Dunne because they tore it up as well, without a doubt. A um, couple of quick questions, and then I want to just give uh, one plug. Even though, And you know what? I want to talk about a guy, too. Uh, I don't know if you want to call him a douchebag or whatever, but I don't know. We'll 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 mention him towards the end. But uh, D boy, gentlemen, will AEW eventually hire writer and producers for their talent? No, they do have some producers in the back. I think Billy Gunn, I think Arn Anderson, and a few others are definitely given a lot of their insight and and opinions. But something needs to change behind the scenes. Something is missing. There's something really, really off with AEW. And like I said, this the time, there's still a new promotion. And that's why I give them a lot more slack than I would probably with another promotion. But these are clear mistakes. That's not revolutionizing the business by taking MJF, which should be the number two feud in the company right now, next to Jericho feuding maybe with Moxley, but that feud, that should be on fucking TV more than anything else. You know, sorry, I, I have nothing against the Dark Order. I'm not feeling it yet. But you put the fucking Dark Order and some fucking chubby beard, bearded guy getting fucking, you know, noogies on his face over MJF that becomes a YouTube clip. Whoever the fuck came up with that, seriously should get one of fucking John Moxley's mousetraps to their fucking private parts. Because I don't know if it was a man or a woman that came up with that dopey decision. That was fucking asinine. That was stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Um, Can someone do me a favor and pull up the AEW Dark matches? Um, I won't give spoilers on here since they won't air until next week, but I would definitely, without a doubt, would love to put the matches up here. I know Jurassic Express were fighting earlier. I don't know who they were taking on, so maybe somebody could pull it up while I'm just answering a couple of quick questions. Uh, Roger Rubio, what has been my favorite takeover match so far this year? Um, Tyler Bate versus Walter from NXT TakeOver, and there's only one reason why. Because I never in a million years ever thought I would enjoy that match as much as I did, as long as it did. There were other matches that probably entertained me more but Tyler Bate versus Walter, when you have a match that you don't ex- you ex- you expect it to be good, but not that good, and to keep you at the edge of your seat for almost the whole match, hands down, Tyler Bate and Walter. Um, and what is an AEW match that hasn't been done yet that I'm still looking forward to? I don't know, man. See, that's that's the thing for anybody out there that are big time. Thank you, Tony Gloss. Uh, I would have loved to have the... Well, you know what? You know why he didn't actually put the matches on the screen? Because he doesn't want to give away any spoilers. Um, Somebody... Okay, somebody noted that Britt Baker was doing commentary. Uh, Orange Cassidy did some commentary. Best Friends did some commentary. We had uh, Jimmy Havoc versus Scorpio Sky versus Peter Avalon. I don't know why fucking Peter Avalon is in a match. That guy must do some awesome behind-the-scenes work or he's giving some awesome fucking hand jobs to people because it's not even a good heat. 
I don't understand why that guy is employed. That's that's like in I don't know. It's embarrassing. I not against him personally, but you know I could see one week, you know like you know, I remember a long time ago when I was ECW fan, the original ECW. They brought in the Renegade one time. And he got choke slammed multiple times by 911. That motherfucker was never to be seen ever again. You know, Peter Avalon is someone you fucking put on TV once, gets fucking destroyed beyond belief. You don't see that motherfucker on TV again. But anyway, Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt versus the Beaver Boys. And you had Kip Sabian versus Kenny Omega. Um, I know what some of you are going to say. Why isn't Kenny Omega fighting on the main TV. Look, they're having a problem managing their TV. Big problem. I think, in my opinion, I think if they're going to have AEW Dark, they should spend a hell of a lot more time putting a lot of vignettes and a lot of profiles on you know stars that are not household names yet and do one or two minimum on a weekly basis and any of them that get major momentum, then you throw it on fucking dynamite too. It's just, again, they're treating too many people like a promotion that's been on TV for five years. They're making a huge mistake. And speaking of five years, Jason Allen, over and under of how long AEW's uh, last setting, I guess he means, do I think they'll be out of business in five years? I don't know, man. I, I think AEW has a lot of growing pains and they're going to, these problems they're having right now might be a good thing because let them correct it early. The problem is, and this is probably more than anything else, I brought it up earlier. You already blew your load with Jericho and Cody, which may have, may maybe that should have been their WrestleMania match, you know, their version of WrestleMania. You get past Jericho and Cody and Jericho and Moxley. Who really is like a big-time pay-per-view draw? Jericho and Omega? Yeah, maybe. But, you know, you don't see, you know, any like 5, 10, 15 wrestlers down the line that could vie for this. And if Moxley does become the champion, who does Moxley feud with? So... They have a problem right now because, again, it feels like it's Jericho, Cody, the Young Bucks, Moxley, Kenny Omega, and everybody else. It feels like we're watching house shows every week. That's what it feels like to me. But it's still early, and I hope that they can fix some of these glaring problems. I really would love to know what matches we have a year from now in AEW. I'd love to know who, I, I think that we will have a couple of wrestlers in WWE leave for AEW. I definitely think so. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the Sin Carters or the Mike Bennett's. Or, I think we may get one or two names that want to wrestle a much lighter schedule, maybe take a little break from massive touring overseas and everything, kind of like what Christian did when he went to TNA. I think you will get one or two guys. I think a year from now, I'll make a prediction that a year from now, 
at least one or two bigger names in WWE. Maybe they're in NXT right now. Maybe they're on their main roster. I think one or two names minimum will be in AEW one year from now to work, get a little bit of a break from the grind, the WWE grind, which is a grind that is like no other. Uh, Paul Bielowski, he's he's not seen a lot of Omega, but he's heard about a lot of his Japanese work. Uh, He hasn't been impressed much. Omega's been doing a boatload of work behind the scenes. And the focus has not been on Omega on TV, although he had that feud with Moxley, which was pretty good. And, you know, he had some other decent matches as well. Um, And, yeah, I agree. Sean Spears, it just seems like it's not working. I mean, you see him a week and Tully Blanchard behind him, and then he's gone, and he's here, and he's gone. I mean, I don't see Sean Spears, you know, having any main event status anytime soon. I think he should have stood on the indie circuit much longer and get a reputation for this transformation before coming to AEW. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, Andrew914, is Jeremy Borash the only producer to work for WCW, TNA, and NXT? I don't know, man. See, because I don't think they called them producers in WCW, but you had... Dusty Rhodes working behind the scenes in WCW, and he also did TNA and NXT. You've had some people work behind the scenes for all three brands, but I don't think they called them producers. You had associate producers and others in WCW, but as far as other agents, no, they were just named differently. And in my opinion, how much was Jeremy Boris an asset for Hardcore Homecoming in 05? He was uh, very important for Hardcore Homecoming, but once I backed out of doing the bus trips when I was getting that bullshit from Mike Johnson, that prick, I really stood away from it. You know, because you got to remember, it wasn't just Mike Johnson fucking with the bus trips that I was running. I got legal letters from WWE. I trademarked Eastern Championship Wrestling, and and for newer listeners, I mean, older listeners, you, you'll find it annoying, but for newer listeners, if you want to get a kick out of something, especially since Cody's been in the news, trademarking a lot of old WCW pay-per-view names, go on the trademark website and look up ECW, Eastern Championship Wrestling, and you will find that yours truly owned the trademark for a little while. I owned ECW for a little while. Until Todd Gordon, that prick, got his fucking lawyer threatening to sue me because I bought the trademark. You believe that? That scumbag? He abandoned the trademark. I bought it so I could publicize my bus trips and use the letters ECW. And I get legal letters from WWE. I get threatened with a lawsuit from fucking Todd Gordon's lawyer. All because I wanted to get more people to go to Hardcore Homecoming. Those cocksuckers. Although, when I trademarked ECW... WWE's lawyer, I don't remember her name. She was a Greek chick. But um, when I sent sent her that I own the trademark for Eastern Championship Wrestling, I said to her, I said, can I use ECW now? As long as I write Eastern Championship Wrestling after it? She's like, I got to hand it to you. She says, very smart move. And WWE pulled their legal letters. But yeah, no, after Mike Johnson was jealous about bus trips, I backed out of it. So I don't know how much more Jeremy Borash did, but I know he was heavily involved and was a very important part of Hardcore Homecoming. He was a big asset for that, absolutely. Ash Kruger, 
If Deli Man could feud with anyone in AEW right now, who would it be? You know what? I Originally, my answer would have been absolutely no one, but I would fucking love to shove a salami up Peter Avalon's head. I would take that ceramic salami that I have. I would fucking crack it over his head. I'd shove it down his throat. i put the gizzards up his ass. I'd shove it so far up his ass, you'd see get, get liver gizzards coming out of his nostrils. I just, it's not against him personally, but he just, it's a, I don't know. Ah, ah, no. Ah! Vin, vintage Vince McMahon, 1983. Ah, the eyes, Mike, your best bargains. Thank you again for what you did, my friend. He sees reports going around AEW's experiencing weak ticket sales. Uh, ticket sales tonight weren't that spectacular either. Do I think AEW should start booking smaller venues? Hell yeah. Absolutely. Um, is AEW making the same mistake TNA did? Not on that level. TNA, my God, the baseball stadiums. 6,000 seats, they drew 111. For newer listeners out there, there's an infamous photo online. TNA had uh, a show at a baseball field. I don't remember where it was. I could always pull a photo and let you know last next week. But um, there were so few people there that I actually wrote a number above the head of every fan who was there. And out of like a six or a 7,000 seat baseball stadium they had like 111 people there franchise says it was in brooklyn you know what that might be the photo but no the one i have i have numbers next to it but that's pathetic that's not aew level aew um you know they they definitely need to book some smaller venues without a doubt um look let's not be foolish here aew is drawn nicely I guarantee you, if AEW had the same number of fans tonight in a smaller arena, you'd have people saying, oh, they they, they sold great, and wow, what a awesome crowd, and man, that looks full. So it's it's perception. I always felt it's better, although you never want to do this, but it's better to talk about how you turn some people away because you sold out than to over, you know, book something way too big and it looks empty. You know, that's the risk that you take. I don't think AEW thought ticket sales would be as bad as it is right now, but it's still much better, a hell of a lot better than other feds. My God, look at Ring of Honor. You got two fucking rows, three rows being filled, and they're not the only one. You look at some of these, you know, feds online that they talk about how gigantic they are and everything. Go look at their shows. I mean, my God, you could actually count the nose hairs in the person sitting, you know, in the far back row. I mean, it's terrible. It's embarrassing. So AEW's got a decent following still, but I think they're obviously doing a little bit worse in the ticket sale department than I think they thought at this point. But everything's got to balance out. The newness is wearing off. I compared it early on to when you first meet someone in a relationship, you know, first couple of weeks, you got that newness factor, the unknown, the excitement. After a while, that starts to wear off a little bit. You know, I'm, I, you know, I don't know if it was Matt Jackson this week, but I've talked about it last week of why AEW hasn't gone to the West Coast yet in California. You know, coincidentally, that next day, somebody 
uh, was talking to Matt Jackson or Nick Jackson about AEW coming to California. And he wrote a cryptic comment like, oh, you know, California is beautiful in the springtime. So right away, you got the goofs that are putting two and two together and saying AEW is going to California in like April. I want to see if AEW really starts, you know, does go to the West Coast in April because they better not do the Jeremy Borash TNA thing where, remember what Borash used to do? You guys, you guys have been such a great crowd tonight. I'm going to talk to Dixie and we're going to consider having a pay-per-view here. If that guy was Pinocchio, honestly, he'd be fucking me in the ass right now, even if he lived in California. He fucking lied so much, but that was his job. He was told to do that. And a lot of fans bought it. Oh, my God, we were such a great crowd tonight. We may get a pay-per-view. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and, and I'm a fucking porn star. You know, I just go under an alias. It's just stupid. But, you know, you can't be doing that shit, man. You know, I know you want to come to California, but, you know, be a little honest, man. You know, the laws and the restrictions in California are a lot tougher than other states. But to fucking just put the cryptic, California is beautiful in the springtime, you know, I want to see if they come to the West Coast in April. Because if they don't, you know, Pinocchio's, you know, just because Pinocchio could do a great super kick, you know, doesn't mean it's okay to fucking become Pinocchio, you know, no. Just be honest, man, and just say straight out, we're trying to get to the West Coast, but it's not as easy to work California than than other states because of restrictions and guidelines and requirements. If I fucking know that, you know, just like the insurance thing, you know, it's just, you can't fucking just keep making everything look like cake and ice cream and flowers. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. JTP, with the dip in AEW's ratings, what do I think of them scheduling free B-side pay-per-views on Dynamite? No, 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 no. You start giving pay-per-view quality matches on TV simply because you want to regain the ratings? First match that comes to mind that I guarantee you some of you are thinking about right now, Goldberg, Hulk Hogan. Georgia Dome. Obviously, that is a much higher level. But, man, no, no, no. You bl- They're blowing their load with some good matches already. You start blowing your loads and doing these B-side pay-per-views, you know, they need to generate money, but they also need to generate some long-ass feuds. And, you know, again, they already went through Cody and Jericho. Moxley's not going to happen until January and February. So who's going to be the next fucking C-listed roster member to take on Jericho in January? You know, look at Jericho's reign in the last two months. Jericho's been great. You know, no question asked. You know, his matches have been good enough. But, you know, there's a lack of feuds being built. Cody and MJF, that... Again, I said it earlier, should be the number two feud going on right now, and MJF's promo can't even make fucking TV. What the fuck is that? Anyway, we're almost done, everybody. Um, I want to mention that we have coming up, if anybody that's into MMA, we have Alberto El Patron taking on Tito Ortiz, December 7th. 
live, 9 p.m. pay-per-view. I think it's, I don't know how much it is. Might be 19 bucks or whatever. But it was funny because I never, I'm not a, a fan of MMA. I don't watch it. And I've never been a real fan of Tito Ortiz. I mean, I have a sense of aces and 0.8s, especially when I got into a little verbal spat with Bully Ray. Tito Ortiz fucking, you heard someone farting in the building. That's how dead the crowd was. And remember that August 1st, warning, warning. I'll beat up Batista, warning, warning. So I haven't liked Tito Ortiz since. But Tito Ortiz was on Fox and Friends this morning. And I and I honestly don't watch Fox News much anymore. I have cut my my viewer, viewer um, my viewing of Fox News by 90%. I just, I wake up to see what the fuck is going on. And then I just turn it off. But Tito Ortiz was on this morning. And he came off as very likable. But he's going to fight Alberto El Patron. And I was going down the card, and you have Alberto El Patron against Tito Ortiz. You have Melissa Martinez versus Desiree Yanez. Donnie Perez versus Joby, Joby Sanchez. You have Enrique Gonzalez uh, versus Levy Marroquin. And I'm looking at this, I'm like, wait a minute. Yanez, Martinez, Sanchez, Rodriguez, Barres, Gonzalez. Cruz, I'm like, there's a lot of Z's at the end of these words. I'm like, where's the fucking Irish names and the black names and the Italian names and the white names? And then I realized that's what Combate Americas, I guess is what I will combat Americas. It's a Hispanic mixed martial arts promotion. Now, let me ask everybody out there. It's a Hispanic mixed martial arts. Is that racist because they only focus on Hispanics? I don't think so, but I'm just curious. You know, does anybody get triggered because it's a Hispanic MMA promotion? You know, look, I could be a, an asshole right now. I could say, hey, you know, I'll pay money to see a whole bunch of Spanish people beating each other up. You know, I could, you could see that in Jackson Heights, but maybe I could see it in a, in a ring. You know, I, I don't think it's racist, but it was funny because I was reading the names. I'm like, there's an awful lot of Spanish people on this card. And then I read a little bit further. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. It is a Hispanic MMA promotion. So, but that's happening Friday. I think some of you may actually want to check that out. And the last thing I want to get into before we leave, I, I don't want to spend much time on it. I usually ignore this guy. I don't know how you all feel about this guy. Um, but to me, he's just annoying online. Remember WCW announcer Chris Cruz? You know, I am nothing against the guy, but he just comes off as a guy that everybody forgot about. And he's so desperate to have his name still out there that he just like instigates shit and just fucking brings up shit for the people that don't know. We had Kenny Omega. Well, you know this, Kenny Omega and John Moxley had that crazy match at full gear. Well, we found out that Chris Cruz contacted the Maryland State Athletic Commission and he he complained, asking the Athletic Commission why did they allow blading, bleeding, they're not allowed to lacerate themselves and, you know, what the fuck is going on? And, you know, look, the Athletic Commission said, you know, we're investigating it. That's their way of saying, leave us the fuck alone. 
You know, we're not going to fucking waste our time. But they'll say it. Just like the Ring of Honor thing. When Bully Ray had the issue with that fan. You think there was fucking, like, there's backstage court. We had fucking Joe Goof putting on, like, one of those judges' wigs. Hear he, hear he. Let's investigate. Let's get statements. Was he the fucking Adam Schiff of Ring of Honor? There was no fucking investigation. Bully Ray, what happened? Yeah, you know, uh, Velvet Sky, what happened? Uh, blah, 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 what happened? Uh, goof, what happened? And that, that was it. Wrestler court. Thank you, Maddie. But this guy, Chris Cruz, man, contacting the Maryland State Athletic Commission, my neck of the woods in Howard Beach, Queens, you would be identified as a rat. And you know what they do with rats? They fucking squash them. They fucking set a mousetrap. And they don't want the, the rat to die in a mousetrap. They want their tail to get caught in a mousetrap. Or they want their one foot to get caught in a mousetrap. This way they suffer. And then they fucking try to break free and the foot rips off. And the mouse is agony and pain. And you just let it suffer there for about three hours. And then you fucking take like maybe like a bat and then you bash it in the head. That's what a fucking rat is. And Chris Cruz... You know, I this guy contacting the Maryland State Athletic Commission to rat on AEW, it ain't your fucking place, my friend. I have nothing against him personally, but every couple of months, his fucking name shows up and it's always instigating something. He's a fucking rat. Seriously, fucking rat, Chris Cruz. Fucking rat. Anyway, everybody. I say that with love. You know that. I have no hatred against anybody, anyone. We're having fun. Don Tony 2.0. You know, now, you know, I got engaged. So I have to be a little bit more responsible on my end. Yeah, grow up a little bit more. But um, my God, once again, I can't thank you all enough for the kind words. It was just really revealing and really humbling. I mean, there were some names in the world of pro wrestling that contacted me privately that really went out of their way that my, my, I can't say girlfriend anymore. My fiance was just totally blown away. She, you know what she said to me? She said, I thought everybody fucking hated you online. So I thought you were this big asshole. Why are all these people like going out of their way like this? And you know, some people with the blue check marks that don't want their names mentioned publicly because it comes off as campy. But um, I was just blown away, blown away. I kind of regret saying the rant I said on Monday. I still believe it for about 90% of the people out there. Again, you you look in wrestling at the blue check marks on social media. Notice how they only have long, nice conversations with other blue check marks. They, they only care about you when they want a little bit of emotional pickup or support or they want to get tweet fucked. You know, the goofs are not the only people that want to get tweet fucked. So, but anyway, anyway, I'm out of here, everybody. It's getting late over here. I went a little bit longer than I expected. For those on Patreon, or if you've never tried our Patreon and you want a good way to try it out, tomorrow, Mish and I will be doing an episode of Breakfast Soup. It is going to be fucking outstanding. We're going to have a lot of fun. We haven't had a show in two weeks, so we're going to be tearing that shit up tomorrow afternoon. And then on Friday, after SmackDown on Patreon, will be Wildcard Friday. I'll probably be on. I have to do Blah 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 this weekend, which is a non-wrestling show. Um, I might co-mingle Blah 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 with Wildcard Friday. Maybe to get two birds uh, with, you know, done with one stone. What is it? Do you get two, two birds with one stone? Yeah. Maybe we'll do that. I'm not sure yet. But because um, 
I'm still in that mode of being away because there was so much went down over the weekend. People don't realize I didn't come home until Monday night at 5 p.m. And I came home to a crazy amount of office work, didn't get a chance to fully unpack yet, then I had to do shows, then I had to record Kev's show yesterday, then I had to edit, upload today. So, but I'm not complaining, everyone. Fucking loved it. Had so much fun. Had fun tonight with all of you. And please send your feedback. Tell me where I'm wrong. Definitely voice out. You know, I'm not one to fucking, you know, rip on people. You know, I'm very easy to approach. You disagree wholeheartedly with something that I said, definitely voice out. Follow me on Twitter at DonTonyD. The website, DonTony.com. And once again, Patreon.com slash DonTony. Patreon.com slash Wrestling Soup. They have an awesome Patreon as well. I always tell everybody, if you got 10 bucks to spend for a month, sign up for us. Sign up for Soup. You'll be able to download thousands of hours of exclusive content and enjoy yourself for a few months. So I will be back one week from today with your next edition of Wednesday Night Dynamite. Now, something we need to discuss briefly before I go. Somebody brought it to my attention earlier tonight. Hey, Don Tony, Christmas falls on Wednesday. New Year's Day falls on a Wednesday. What's going to happen with Wednesday Night Dynamite? Well, I will tell you this. Christmas Day, I don't believe I will be doing a Wednesday Night Dynamite. New Year's Day, although for me, is more of a regular day. So as of right now, I plan on doing a New Year's Day edition. Um, I wanted to start video January 1st, 2020. We may have to wait a week, you know, and since it's going to be a holiday, you know, unless we make it goofy. I already threw out the one chip challenge to some of my podcasting friends. Uh, only one has stepped up to the challenge so far. Uh, let's see if the others do so as well. I will supply the chips. They will be sealed in the bag, so you don't have to worry about me tampering with them, adding a little bit of extra spice or spitting on them, or maybe wiping it with my ass before I reseal the package. I will have it shipped directly to you from Amazon. Yeah, we are. I am doing... Let me tell you something, everybody. When I start doing video, and I get used to doing video... The video shows I do are going to be nothing like what you see with other podcasters out there. There are a lot of wrestling video podcasters out there that are very angry that yours truly is moving on to video. They do not want to see that happen. Apparently, there's this gigantic YouTube uh, group out there of fans that have that I have not tapped into yet, and I'm going to have crazy fun on the shows. I will accept challenges. I will do goofy things. I will wear goofy things. We will have a shitload of fun. And I can't wait until 2020. I, I am so excited to what 2020 has in store. It is going to be a blast. And once again, if you're in the Chicago area and you're thinking about going to C2E2, the end of February, the begin 1st of March, remember, Soup will be at C2E2. I will be at C2E2. I already got my plane and hotel booked. It is done. And you could also thank our Patreon family because our Patreon family wants to see us grow. And, you know, we've made a concerted effort in 2020 to really start 
you know, uh, touring other areas, going to a lot of events outside of our states. So you will see me in Chicago. You will see me pretty much definitely in Florida for WrestleMania weekend. We're planning something in Texas. We're planning something, I think, in Colorado. I don't know why Colorado. Don't ask me why. I haven't really gotten into the specifics yet. And then Mish is going to be making the trip back to New York sometime in 2020. We're going to have a ton of get-togethers, everyone. It's going to be a blast. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if Drapes and Numbers is going to be going to all of them, but we will definitely reenact that infamous photo from Lucky 13. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. So, everyone, be well. I am out of here. Uh, Maddie, I would definitely consider California. Absolutely. I went to San Francisco, I think, in 1989 for three days. It was either 89 What year was the Super Bowl where the 49ers won like 54 to 10? Whatever year that was, I was in San Francisco that weekend. I went back to New York the day before the Super Bowl. That was 87? Holy shit. So yeah, 87. Well, that makes sense because I worked for Smith Barney in 87. That was my first you know, real job outside of uh, school. So yeah, 87. Holy shit. Yeah, maybe we could do something for California, man. I'll tell you, I was really surprised at how cheap the plane fare was for Chicago. Very surprised. The hotel was very reasonable as well. And I got a discount because one of the insurance companies I do business with is about 30 minutes away from C2E2. And they always said to me, you know, hey, if you come down to Illinois, you got to stop by. So they gave me a discount code to get, you know, a discount on uh, the travel so I saved about 50%. I don't want to say how much I spent, but I spent a lot less than what people think. I was shocked. But I will be there for two nights and three days, I believe. I'll be there uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't remember what, but I will definitely be at C2E2. So, all right, everybody, be well. Let me get this online, and I will talk to you all again uh, tomorrow on Patreon, Breakfast Soup. Ciao, everybody. John O'Mai. It was fun to channel surf. It was kind of hard to do a little pocket pool after you're hitting the last channel button 50 times for two hours plus. John O'Mai. And his whole idea of overanalyzing, oh, he's an alcoholic, and he misplaced the belt. And how could you have someone champion like that? Get the fuck out of here. Wednesday night. Don O'Mai. You can have fun. You really are. <laughs> Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nevia. I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found myhealthpolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice. My Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com.